This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited today to have my next guest. She is the CEO of Femvestors Global. And I'm really excited to talk to her. There was one thing I was talking to her before we uh, started this conversation. And it was really about the, the heart of giving. And that's one of the things I really like about her, that she puts a lot of emphasis on giving back to the community. Not only is she helping women to or helping people to be more confident financially, but also she's showing you how to, you can give back as well. Uh, on her website, it says, become confident Money maker and financially fabulous, and I'm just so happy happy to have her here, Pauline Kirk. How are you? Oh, thank you so much, Tam. Yeah, this is beautiful, and I'm love being on your screen today. And exactly what you say, like we're, we stand for women supporting themselves around being financially fabulous, because not everyone wants to be a millionaire or a billionaire, right? So they're nice to say if you're financially fabulous, then you can interpret that however you want, because then it's up to you to decipher how financially fabulous you want to be. So very true. So tell me a little bit about your background. What really made you go into this um, this uh, industry? What start, started you off inside investing? How did you get there? It's a, it's a long, complicated story, Tam. So I'm not sure how long we've got. But the reality is, in a nutshell, I actually was filing for bankruptcy. Um, I made some interesting decisions in my youth. So I actually suffered from PTSD from my time in the military. And it wasn't diagnosed as PTSD back then. I'm talking 2002, 2003. So what happened was when I came back from Iraq war, after I'd spent eight months there, when I came back, I was never the same person than when I left. And then for me, emotional spending was my way to cope with that. So everything was put on the credit card, feel good. Then I feel flat because the bill comes in, put on the credit card, feel good. And then you've got shiny new things for a while. And then you suddenly feel flat again because the bill comes in. And it was like this vicious circle to the point it got out of control. And I'm talking 10 credit cards. I'm talking 86,000 pounds, which is probably about 150,000 Australian dollars to give you an idea. It was a huge amount of money. And I'm in a job that doesn't pay a lot of money. And I've got to pay this money back, right? And it hadn't really sunk in that because in my mindset, it's the bank's money. It's a bit of plastic. It's a credit card. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually not my cash. It's the, it's the bank's. I'm just borrowing money from the bank. And then I had to give myself the grace to go, you know what? I'm just sleeping under my bills. Literally yes. the weight of all these bits of paper back then because before the internet and actually got online statements. So it's just bills in the post, bills in the post. And then it was the phone because it was before mobile phones. So the phone would constantly ring and you didn't know who it was back then. So you just picked up the phone and then suddenly it was like, we're here, you know, what's happening, debt collectors, all that sort of stuff. So you can imagine over time. And then I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I actually need to file for bankruptcy. Mm. I actually need to push the button because I, I literally can't see a way out of this. So I filled in the forms and I just sat there and it was all, it, this part was electronic and I literally sat there with my finger on the enter button on the keyboard and I was like you know what I actually can't bring myself to physically do it because then for me it's this tarnished scar of always being someone who's then associated with bankruptcy because then in the future I'm like well, what's that going to do because everything you read it's like well you, there's this knock-on effect and I was like well I don't know what this may impact in my life going forward so I just couldn't bring myself to actually put the finger on the button and go push enter I'm like 
you know what? We've all got a choice in life, right? And I was like, I'm either going to take the red pill or I'm going to take the blue pill. Right. And for me, and it was and it was literally like the Matrix scene. I was like, you know, which one am I going to do? And I was like, both are hard. Getting reminders every day is hard. The phone ringing every day is hard. But so is hard is I've also got to get myself out of the situation. So which hard am I going to choose? Yes. And from there, I chose the option that's worked for me, which is literally like, I can either let this get to me or I'm going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And I took the option of like, I was more embarrassed of anything. Um, if I if I really look back and be raw and real with myself, I was more embarrassed around, you know, just guilt from my time in the military, but then guilt around why am I in this situation and no one else, none of my friends are in this situation. And why, why have I got a, such a emotional spending issue? And, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to deal with this? And it was a case of, you know what, Pauline, you'll find a way. You've got to find a way. So then I was just like, believe it or not, Oprah used to be on at the really early hours in the morning. And Oprah is like one of the most positive people you ever meet. And I'm like, you know what? Oprah, Oprah would sit there. What would Oprah say to me, right? Right, right. <laughs> would sit there and say, you know what? Just, Pauline, just find a way and make it happen. So that's literally what happened. So then I was like, you know, the more and more I listened to Oprah, it was on an early morning slot when I lived in England. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with this and say, you know, I just, I just don't want to be there. I just don't want to be by association. This woman who's filing for bankruptcy for making these these crazy decisions in her life and then being tarnished with that for all of her life. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, you know what? I'm just going to make it happen. And that's what I did. Fast forward to today. I'm proud to say, I'm so proud to say that everything I went through, I've turned my, they call it my mess into my message. Yes. So fast forward to today, I no longer worry about my financial position. And here I am 15 years ago in 2007 filing for bankruptcy Mm -hmm. so it's just amazing about how much I push myself and that don't get me wrong I didn't wake up and suddenly married a rich guy (laughs) because a lot of people are like oh suddenly how did you make that happen through pure hard work grit and determination so I I had to like make some different choices around my living arrangements I went and you know couch surfed on lots of friends floors I worked three jobs I, and I, you know, put myself in education. I had to really sort myself out and go, right, what is it I really want to do? And then just hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you look at my CV, I actually changed jobs so many times because I just went where the money was. I wasn't someone who's just going to stay in the job, get my little 2% increase and be really grateful. I was like, you know what? I've got some experience now, move on. I've got some experience now, move on. So if you look at my history, I've literally only stayed in my roles every 12 to 18 months because I just kept going, you know what, I've just got to get myself out of the debt, get myself out of debt, push, 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 push. And that's exactly what I did. And then on the back of that, I got to the point where I was like, I've paid off all my debt. But now the reality is, what do I do with it? (laughs) Because now I've got some savings in the bank. No one teaches you what to do when you've got money now. So Mm -hmm. I've paid off all the credit cards, I can sleep at night. And in between that, I dated the wrong guy. So I got myself into a, a wrong business deal because I was helping him out too. And then I dated another guy. We got a property together. And, you know, then he was an, an entrepreneur and struggling. And I was also trying to pay that property off as well. So there's, you know, there was more debt coming through. But ultimately, it got to the point where I was like, I've just got to keep working at it, pay off the debt, pay off the debt, pay off the debt, because I just refuse to put myself back in the situation of that woman who's just surrounded by bills on her bedspread every day, that woman who just kept the phone calls all the time, the woman who just went to bed every night in tears crying in a really dark place going is this my life right 
Right. And I just knew that I just couldn't go back there. So no matter what, I had to focus on going and moving forwards and keeping one foot in front of the other, as opposed to keep referring to the past. Because yeah. I was like, the past is not where I want to go. It's not where I've been there. I've experienced it. I hate it. I don't enjoy it. Therefore, I need to do something about it. So I, one foot in front of the other and just keep pushing myself. I love that you share this story because a lot of people are living inside of shame. Um, they may have been in a similar situation. I've been in a similar situation when I was younger, um, where you just don't know. You might not have been raised with that kind of information. Your parents weren't that great with money and they pass on their bad habits to you. Um, but then you here you are an adult trying to navigate your feelings and your emotional stress. It's like emotional eating, your emotional spending is the same things, right? How do you manage that stress? Um, so my question for you is, how did you learn? Like, how did you finally learn it? Because, you know, some people, thankfully, were raised to know it as, as from a young age. Their parents raised them that way and taught them. You, you didn't know. So now how did you get that information? In my family growing up, no one spoke about money. We never spoke about anything to do with money. It was never a conversation to even come up at any point in time. My parents never argued about money, but they also never spoke about money. Right. So money for me was just never a topic. Right. And therefore, because it was never discussed, I have no one to discuss it with because I'm like, I don't even know how to approach this. And I was too ashamed to sit there and say, hey, I've got myself into a really sticky situation here because I just I was like, well, no one talks about it in my house. And therefore, I don't want to put myself out there. Right. 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 So you didn't you didn't you didn't learn it. My parents, I tell you what, what happened with my parents. My parents just weren't good with money like that. They knew how to make it. They know how to make a lot of money. They didn't know how to keep it, and they did not know how to invest it. That's for that's for sure. So I had to learn it on my own. Um, so then you started your business. What 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 inspired you to start your your own business? You did you want to just after you learned that you wanted to teach others? Is is that really where it started? <laughs> Oh, no, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a story there. So what happened was I was in my corporate life. So as I said, I've hustled, 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 mm -hmm. worked my way up to the point where I was like, had an executive role in a mining company. So I literally, that's where I've gone from free jobs, working whatever I did, restaurants, waitressing, all those sorts of jobs to build myself up to an executive director of a mining company. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine, you know, that's how much I push myself. I know it came at a cost. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like everything I did came at a cost because I sacrificed time with friends. I sacrificed time with families, events I should have been at. I didn't attend. And I feel really guilty for that now. But for me, my focus was I just have to keep getting out of debt. And for me, that became then the focus was purely my career and everything else then was not relevant. For me, it's just pay off the debt, get further up the ladder, pay off the debt further up the ladder. And that was it. Push, 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 push. And then it's got to the point, like I said, I've got money now and I'm like, I don't know what to do. So then someone said to me, hey, I've got this guy. He's really good. Give him some money and he'll invest it for you. And that's what happened. And then I'm like, OK, this is great. And then I started to get through the bills in terms of, you know, this is your monthly statement in the mail. And I was like, that's not as high as I was thinking that should be in terms of, you know, where's. And then I started to deep dive a little bit around, you know, it's not like today when there's so much information on the internet. It's like, right. you know, and then I had to phone and go, you know, can you just talk me through around some of the fees that are being charged and it's not quite clear and, you know, where's this percentage come from and just break it down for me because obviously I've been so obsessed with money. Right. So then for me, when I get a bill and come through or a statement come through and I look at it, I'm like, well, actually, what am I actually really paying for? 
Right. Because this has now become an obsession, right? <laughs> if you want to put it that way, because I've just been in this dark place for so many years to get mm-hmm. myself out. So then I started to ask a lot of questions. And then it was becoming very apparent that basically it's 100% of my money. I'm putting 100% of the risk. And yet other people are benefiting from my money mm-hmm. in a lot, in a big way. Mm-hmm. So then I started to then go, you know what, now I need to teach myself about financial education because no one else is, where do I go? Like, you know, my parents' response was go to speak to the bank manager. I'm like, okay, so then you go and speak to the bank manager. And obviously, you know, you know, now some of you may or might not realize, but they're businesses, right? But most of our generation, you know, my parents were like, the only place you could go before the internet was go to the bank manager. Of course. So then I spoke to the bank manager and then I was like, so, you know, can you talk me through how the fees work? And then, you know, same thing again, it wasn't quite clear. So, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, you pay for this. I'm like, explain that to me in a bit more detail. So I'm a bit of an analytical brain. So I was just really intrigued around the response. And then more time, I just started to, you know what, like no one teaches this. I was not taught this in school. My my parents never spoke about money at all, never mind financial education. We didn't even speak about money, earning it, spending it nothing so mm-hmm. then I was like asking my friends going so where do you go for financial information they're like oh well we don't I'm like so what do you do now you've got savings oh we just spend it oh wow mm-hmm. so then and then that became you know the thing was like you earn money it's in the bank you see it you spend it and I'm like right. so is anyone saving here oh yeah I put some money in my retirement fund at work and that's about it and right. and I was like oh well I've got to make my money work for me now I've worked so hard to get myself out of this situation I need to make my money work for me. And then literally I just taught myself financial education because I didn't have any role models to then say, who's going to teach financial education? So that's where I thought, well, you know what? I'm just going to throw myself into it. I've got myself out of this huge black hole and now I'm just going to focus on how I'm going to make money now. Right. And that's exactly what I did. But then it got to the point where in my corporate life, it was three years ago, and I went to a Tony Robbins seminar. I was given, I was gifted a ticket mm-hmm. and uh, I should have been at an event in Sydney and it got cancelled. And then I was gifted this virtual ticket. So three years ago, I turned up at my first Unleash the Power of In UPW event with Tony Robbins. And I never even heard of Tony Robbins. I knew nothing about Tony Robbins mm-hmm. because for me, I've just been hustling and working in my corporate life that the only career courses I ever did was relating to my job. I never actually really worked on personal development and myself because mm-hmm. I was too busy just getting the project management qualifications or the the Lean Six Sigma qualifications and all these other different qualifications. But I never thought about me in terms of my qualifications. So then I turn up at this event. It's crazy. There's all these people are jumping up and down and being a brick, we're a little bit more reserved. So I'm a bit Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, what what is this? What have I signed up for? And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be here. How many days? How many hours? Mm -hmm. there's, There's no information apart from this is a number of days. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is pretty insane. And then as we, as Tony started to ask me these questions on, in Zoom, even though you think he's talking to you, but there's millions of other people mm-hmm. in the room, right, in their Zoom as well, I sat there and I was like, you know what, I actually don't know anything about myself. And one of the questions was, Pauline, what are your values? And I was like, you know what, I actually had to Google. It sounds quite embarrassing when I look at it now, but I actually had to Google what values were because I'm like, I don't even know what my values are. So right. then I Googled values to then go, what is it I stand for? I actually don't know what I stand for. Who is Pauline Kirk? I actually don't know who she is. So it's always been me by association of my job title or my career. And really the catalyst was when I took redundancy last year in my corporate life. And then my husband and I moved countries. We emigrated to Malaysia. And my husband had got a a company pass and I went there as his wife. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a job. 
the first time in my entire career I've not had a job. Not having a job. Mm-hmm. So then I got to the immigration department. They're like, oh, so what's your occupation? And I'm like, because I'm like, I've been this exec director. And then I said, what pass are you on? I said, I'm on a dependence pass. And they're like, oh, you're a housewife. And wrote down housewife. Mm-hmm. Nothing against housewives. But when I've been in a corporate world for so long with these grandiose titles in the last you know, few years, right. it suddenly hit me around, I need to work. I literally had an identity crisis, mm-hmm. like a huge identity crisis, because me is always calling this woman who does this, buy this job title for this company. And that was by association. And now suddenly I don't have that anymore. And I've really lost myself. And I've really gone on this massive transformation journey to then go, what is it that I really want? Because right. everyone keeps saying about, I know I don't want this. I know I don't want that. I know I don't want that. I know I don't want that. And then again, Tony Robbins says, so what is it you want? And I'm like, I don't know what I want. I just know what I don't want. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so then I haven't asked myself these questions. And now suddenly I'm having to sit there and go, identity crisis. Who is Pauline Kirk? What does she stand for? What do I want to do with my life? And I'm like, I need to really, I need to really think about this. So then it's really taken the last three years for me to work out who is it that I am? What is it that I want? Because I just knew I wasn't happy in my corporate life. It got to the point, I took redundancy for a reason and I was bullied by my boss. And that was really the crux of it. I've been made redundant four times in my life. So I swear the universe is telling me, Pauline, just leave your corporate life behind. Leave it. Yes. No, no, I'm so resilient. I'm going to push through. I'm going to take, I'm going to find another job. I'll find a way because that's what I've always had to do. I need to pay off debt. I'll find a way. Yeah. So that's what I kept doing. Push, 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 push the whole time. So it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I've just got to make this work. So then I started going this journey around what is it that I really want to do and what makes me happy. So I actually asked my friends and said, you know, what is it you actually come to me for in terms of, you know, information? I don't want to do what I'm doing anymore. I've been in this industry 25 years. I don't want to do it. And I need to find myself in terms of what's going to make me happy. So I just asked some of my girlfriends and they were like, Pauline, you're this person who's so good with money. And we appreciate your story and your history because we know a bit about you. Not everyone knew everything about my, my past. They just mm-hmm. knew that, you know, I, you know, I started getting investing and I talked a lot around, you know, some of the things I was investing in. And they were like, why don't you just teach people about money and financial literacy and education? And I was like, really? Do you think people really pay for that? And they were like, people uh, yeah. really pay for that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, maybe I'll look into it. And then what happened was I was like, but I want to make this bigger than me. Because if I'm struggling, I don't want anyone else to struggle. And I really wanted to turn, as I say, my mess to my message. So I really wanted just to help and serve more women because I've always been a massive advocate of women I've always worked in male-dominated environments and we've had to sort of rally together but then there's this internal competition because there's only one seat at the top right. and we're all fighting for it but in the in the in behind the scenes it's a man's world there's a lot of competition with men and women anyway we're trying to get that one seat and then everyone all the women are fighting for the one seat too right. so you know it's a bit of a dog-eat-dog world and I was like you know what I just really want to help more women because I'm sure I'm not the only one and then the more time I started asking my friends about oh we don't really speak about money either and then money's still a taboo subject. Even in 2022, money's still a taboo subject. And then I started to do a lot of research around, you know, just women and our financial statistics today. So it's really mortifying when you sit there and say, well, one in five women today, will, even though they work, are going to retire with nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The divorce rate is 50%. I've grown up with Disney. I'm, I believe I'm going to find this guy who's going to ride in on a white horse and look after me because that's what I've grown up with. I've grown up with the fact that I've, there's a belief out there that Disney's, Disney's like the movies 
and that's how I was going to be. I'm going to meet this perfect man and, you know, he's going to look after me and we're going to live happily ever after. And then you look at the divorce rate at 50%. Right. Right. And the more time I spend in the expat community, some of us are really exposed. We've left our corporate lives behind, followed our husbands in their roles, and then husband meets someone younger. Mm-hmm. And then and then suddenly we don't have a visa anymore. Yeah. And suddenly our visas are cancelled and suddenly there's the airport. Yes. And that was really the catalyst to then say, you know what, I need to really make this my my mission. The universe has told me that this has happened to me for a reason. I'm going to make this my message to then deliver to the world. Right. So good. So important too. So important because this is happening. This is a real thing. I have interviewed more than one woman with that story that's living overseas with their husband. It doesn't work out. Find something something new, shiny and new. And next thing she knows, she's got to go. She's at the airport and she's coming back to the United States with nothing and nowhere to go. Yeah. And it's very prevalent here. I'm seeing it more and more. I'm in a lot of expat communities, town, And it's mm-hmm. it really breaks my heart because I'm like, we we sacrificed, you know, our own careers to follow our, part- our partners or husband's careers. And then suddenly now we're exposed and we've let a lot of the time, we, yeah, we pay the bills sometimes, but most of the time that comes to investing and protection for women, we haven't looked at money because money's always been further down the pecking order. We're too busy in careers or businesses or running a household, looking after the kids. Yes. You know, we haven't looked at our finances and something happens in our life, something finances then becomes the top of the list. And by then, a lot of the time it's too late. It's too late. And this is where I want to, and this is why I teach, want to teach now and the support the women in my community is like, ladies, I'm all about financial independence. Yes. Because if something happens, and I pray it doesn't, but fortunately life happens, yes. is that we need to protect ourselves. And if you have the information and education up front, then you can go into whatever you're going to go into fully prepared, regardless of the outcome. How easy or hard is it to find the women that are ready to take that on? It goes back to very much my early days of guilt. It goes back to early days of embarrassment. Mm-hmm. A lot of women I speak to are in their 40s and 50s and say, Paulina, I don't even know my bank account number. I don't know anything about money. Yeah. I don't know. My husband manages it all. Yeah. I don't deal with it. I just put it in a joint account and that's it. Or I see I've had a divorce because there's been so many arguments about money. And therefore, that's ultimately led to my divorce, which is why, you know, 50% divorce rate today, majority of that is down to some sort of financial, financial requirement problem. as to yeah. why mm-hmm. we've ended up in that situation. And this is a sad state of affairs. And on top of that, when I look at the statistics in Australia, for example, women and women and homelessness is the fastest growing category because many of us are victims of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. One in three women today, according to the WHO, are victims of domestic violence. Financial abuse is one of that because we haven't got our own money. We can't make different decisions. We're stuck because we feel like if we can't leave because we haven't got anywhere to go because I haven't got any money to support me. And therefore, we're staying in relationships because we right. don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. So if I can educate more women just to say, hey, ladies, like this is what we teach. This is statistics today. Let's start with the basics. Let's just even get a bank account in our own name. Let's just start there and then start working from there around, you know, putting some savings away and making that happen as opposed to then, you know, all the other stuff that comes in the world of, you know, more investing. And that's more later on. But certainly to start with, it's like even the basics of having a bank account in my name that, you know, I actually have control over. It's a starting point. It is. It is. And just being and just realizing that it's important because um, one of the reasons why I encourage women to go into entrepreneurship 
is very much the same thing, same reasons that you're giving, you know, because she can always take care of herself and she has money. She, she doesn't have to worry. Something goes down, something happens, God forbid. She knows how to take care of herself. Um, so that's very important. What is inspiring you right now, Pauline Kirk? <laughs> Beautiful women in my community, mm -hmm. the vulnerability that comes through, because we've always, you know, certainly in my circle, my social circle I've been in and what I've grown up with, no one spoke about money. Yeah. And now I'm creating a, a movement, if you like, in the community where we're not ashamed to talk about our money stories, nice. whatever they are. And that for me is a game changer. If I can get more women to talk about money and men, you know, we shouldn't make money a taboo subject. And it is, you know, even I said to some ladies the other day, go for a date night and actually use that date night and talk about household finances and where you're at. And, you know, are you protected in terms of, you know, something happened? Use COVID as an example. And I hate talking about COVID because obviously we've been talking about it for so long. Right. But the reality is, is use that as a catalyst to then say, if something happened to you, then how are we as a family protected? So right. where are the passwords, where are the logins, which which accounts do we have? What's in your name? What's in my name, if anything? Yes. So even having those types of conversations, I know it's not always easy because a lot of people don't want to talk about their financial situation, but then it takes away from the arguments. And then it's around just the knowing and the security blanket of coming. You know what? I'm actually going to be safe. Very, very true. In my future years. We live mm -hmm. eight year, roughly eight years longer than a man. So mm -hmm. we need to protect ourselves because we live longer. So how are we going to make ourselves live longer outside of working longer? That's right. So That's it, right. so this is, you know, just a way to think about it. So, you know, I said, use that as an avenue to sit there and go, you know what, let's, let's make money more of a conversation and be proactive about our situation rather than let it become the negative. And therefore, then that leads to arguments and a lot of those other side of things, which are ultimately is a catalyst for a lot of divorces. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it in a way that's when times are good, we're transparent, be open, vulnerable, trusting of our partners, and then say, look, this is where we're at. Very good. What advice would you give to a woman? I know you've been given a lot of different tips, but what advice would you give to a woman um, if she's starting out on her journey? I know one of the things you said, you know, maybe just get a, a, a bank account in her own name, but what other things would you tell her to do? I believe in having four accounts. If you're in a relationship, so have, have four accounts. You've got your partner's account, your husband's account. Um, that's one account. Then you've got your own account. And then I have what I call a bills account, which is where all the you know, and you agree a, a pool of money to go in there. And then you have a fun account because <laughs> life's about having fun too, right? It's not all about, you know, living and spending for tomorrow, which I talk about but at the same time, we've got to live for today as well. So if you want your one Starbucks coffee a day, a lot of people out there say, no, oh, but this equals this over the year. I'm like, yeah, but if you enjoy it and it brings, you know, 10 out of 10 in your happiness world, why would you give that up? Of course. So it's also then about being realistic around, you know, if there's things that you're, I don't like to call it sacrificing. I call it a spending plan as opposed to a budget. But it's mainly around, you know, having those four accounts to start with. And then once you've got those accounts, then you're, you've got your own money because you've got your own account. Then it's a case of then growing it from there and making sure then before you do anything, you actually have an emergency savings account. So not only have you got your four accounts I spoke about as a household, there should also be an emergency savings account on top. So that is equivalent of what I call six months worth of whatever your monthly outgoings are today that should be your emergency fund because then no matter what an unexpected bill comes up a medical emergency comes up you're not stressing because that money sat there and do that even before you think about investing anything 
Very good. And then you can look at investing because then the emotion's not attached to, oh my God, I, you know, the stock market's dropped 10%. I'm freaking out. This is my money that I might need and I've got to pull it out quickly. Or I oh, know I want to buy a home next year and I'm already put it in the stock market and I invested it. And you can see the stock market's very volatile. Right. And therefore, don't do anything in that space until you have your emergency fund because psychologically, the most time that we lose money is actually between our ears because we make different decisions because our emotions take over. Mm-hmm. But what I say to a lot of ladies, if you don't mind me sharing, Tam, is that, yes, the stock markets are in red. But the reality is that when we go shopping for bags, clothes and shoes, it's red. It's discounted. It's the same psychology for the stock market. It's right. on sale. It's cheaper. Buy more because buy more it's that cheaper. Time. Yes. But we don't. We sit there and go, oh, my God, the stock market's in red. I'm freaking out. And I'm like, this is a great time to buy because I'm getting more for my money. But this is not what is being taught because we're not educated. The finance industry hasn't set us up for education. It hasn't taught us around what am I really paying for my broker? Is he a fiduciary? What fees are involved in the products I'm looking for, which going back to my initial story around my little bit of paper of my broker in the early days to say, hey, what's that fee actually break down and cover? The industry hasn't really given us that transparency unless we go looking for it. Right. So no one really knows what a 1% fee is versus a 3% fee. It doesn't sound like much, but if you fast forward and look at what does that mean in retirement, potentially that's thousands or millions of dollars, depending on how much you're investing. And that is a difference between having a great future in terms of your retirement years, or that's having one that you're going to have to work longer for. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, my goodness. I know there's going to be so many ladies listening to this thinking, I have got to talk to Pauline. I haven't even thought about these things. I haven't thought about you know, how I invest my money, how I set up my bank accounts. So I know your website is femvestorsglobal.com. How can they find you otherwise on social media or send you an email or just tell us how we can find you? Yep. So across social, so LinkedIn, we're also on Instagram. We're also on Facebook. We have our own Facebook community as well, which Mm -hmm. is free. There's no charge to it. People can join. And every day we're posting on social media, one thing. So every day we post one thing around what's happening. We blog every Saturday as well. So at no cost. And, you know, it's one of these where you've got to sign up and give us your email address. There's a blog. If you go straight to our website, you can go straight to the blog as well. And we actually post in that area too. And also we put on our website, we haven't done the quiz part yet, but there's eight different types of women around your personality and types of habits that you have as a financial person. So if you're a spender or a saver, you know, it just gives you a good idea around some of the things that you need to take into account. So we, we have a lot of stuff on our platform, um, some bits at no cost. And also on our platform, everything that we do is transparent because, I you know, it's everything I stand for in terms of you asked me what my values were, like I mentioned before, is trust, honesty and transparency. Mm-hmm. Our pricing is all on our website. How much time it's going to take is all on our website because I don't believe in one of these uh, types of organizations where, hey, book a call with me. I'm like, I just want to know how much it costs. So right. I'm just going to give you the price up front. So if you want to talk to me, you already know how much time it's going to take. You already know how much is the cost is going to take. And therefore, then it's a different set of questions. And then I don't have to sell because I'm like, I've already done the work. There it is. Right. That's what it's going to cost. Call us if you've got anything outside of that and we can support you on your journey. So good. Pauline, thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you, Tam. It's been beautiful. Thank you. And I really appreciate your time. Yes. And I love it. I look forward to all the things we're going to be doing this year. Yes, definitely. I'm super excited. Can't wait.